So we are starting. Uh, we, are starting so, uh, we are starting. We are starting. We are starting. Shut up. Uh, Shut up. No. No. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. I, I had Shut a bit up. planned out for this the Shut instant up. I started watching the episode because I heard that I saw that na- that title and I was like, "Huh, Emerson's going to make jokes about this, isn't he?" <laughs> I actually have no jokes about the title yet. Really, a title called "No Stars for Naughty Boys." I heard it in your voice in my head when I saw it. Do you want me to say I, the title I, now to sort of fulfill your fantasy? It's not a fantasy. It was like a prophecy of doom. But shall yes. Fulfill, shall I fulfill that side of the prophecy then? Yes. No stars for naughty boys. Yes, exactly. That I knew you were going to do that. You. <laughs> well, I do like that cheeky little grin. And yes, like the- yes. I knew you were going to do it like that. Like, I, I saw it, and it was like the only person in my entire like existence who says the word naughty unironically is you. I'm... I've never said the word. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. When? Earlier in like, when we were doing the episodes for season one, because, because, uh, I was still finding my footing as a podcast host then, and I kind of have now. I I know you've definitely called me naughty at least at one point because we were talking over each other. You're a naughty boy. Oh God. Do you want to say it again? No. Do you want me to sound no. like a really homoerotic voice? I will end this episode after a minute and 37 seconds, Emerson. <laughs> try me. Try me, you fucking weasel. <laughs> okay. That's what, JK, that's what J.K. Simmons' character says to uh, Miles Teller's character's one in, in Whiplash. Whiplash, yeah. Yeah, so try um, me, you hello. fucking weasel. I'm the, man who, I'm the man who runs the Daily Bugle, and... I also voice Grunkle Forward in Gravity Falls, but I am best known for... I, I can't do the Terran J.K. Simmons voice. Do you know that J.K. Simmons also provides the voice for the yellow M&M? I did know that, actually. He does. That's... he's. I guess he just does that. He likes doing that, but... Um, what does J.K. stand for? Just kidding. I don't know. Is that what the J.K. and J.K. Rowling also... Or Rowling also stands for? Um... J.K. Rowling, I know the K is it doesn't mean. I anything. asked it ironically. We don't need to look. You don't need to look at it. Oh, I already did. Uh, J.K. Simmons's full name is Jonathan Kimball Simmons. Do you know what I have to say to you doing all that research? No. No stars for naughty boys. <laughs> I will say, if you type J.K. into Wikipedia, his name is like one of the first results. I mean, so I I feel ashamed of myself for just doing that. I'm just going to say all that throughout the episode and just laugh at myself as I do it. Oh, good, we have a running gag, just like this episode did. So when we came up with the when I came up with the Alex horn, Mm -hmm. yeah, uh, we can call this episode's Joe's self fulfilling prophecy. Also, I but, should just say there is a chance this episode might not come out on Thursday, at least Thursday morning. Okay. Just because Wednesday is quite busy. If it does, surprise. If it doesn't, it'll probably be out Friday or Saturday. But that's yeah, that's okay. I didn't put up the YouTube episode until Sunday night. No offense, Joe, but I don't think many people watch the YouTube videos. No, we have. No, I actually have started referencing that in our in the episode descriptions. YouTube videos really- don't work as a digital form 
as a they podcast do. form. They do for some of them, just not this one. If they were video, if they were video podcasts, then yeah, because then we'd but, have uh, the ad- our added expression. When we do the inevitable video episode, that will definitely go on YouTube. Yeah, and no one will watch it because we only have like seventeen subscribers on YouTube. But uh, should we do the thing where you like when when you upload this episode to YouTube? Like, do the thing where, uh, like, obnoxious YouTubers, it's like, stop the video and say, you have got five seconds to subscribe. Five, four, three, two, one. I want to apologize to our listeners at home for Emerson, just in general, but also specifically for that. Um, anyways, uh... Joe has to keep me on a lead in his back garden to stop me barking. Okay. Um, anyways, uh... You know, I'm, I'm recording everybody. this from the, from the rape pissing, it's, I'm recording this from Joe's back garden and it is pissing it down with rain. Motherfucker, you have been bitching about not coming over the Atlantic and you tie yourself up in my back acres and you won't <laughs> tell me? Oh. We have also where in the garden? We have like ten acres. Oh well, well I ca- I came over today and you wouldn't give me any stars for coming over. You said, uh huh. This is what, gonna be what really did you say? Weird. What did you say, Joe? I said, why the fuck am I picking you up from the airport? Don't you know how to drive? <laughs> no, I can't drive. Uh, anyway, uh, episode seven. Um, Dare I say the title again? No, I'll say it. Also, hello everyone. This is your Time Starts Now, a Taskmaster podcast. We talk about Taskmaster and also ourselves. I'm Joe. He's Emerson. This is Season 4, Episode 7, No Stars for Naughty Boys. Hey, he said it. We are joined once again by the perennial cast of Taskmaster, Greg Davies as the Taskmaster, Alex Horn as the assistant. Little Alex Horn to you. Little Alex Horn, indeed. Little Alex Horn! That is so I'm really hyper. I'm really hyper today. I don't know why. I I asked you about your energy levels, and you said they were good. I assumed that that, you asked me that question. You asked me that question f- about four hours ago. Yes, yes, I did. Anyways, addition here. I thought I was going to be the manic one, but uh, I guess not. This I mean, who knows? A- my energy levels might drop, and it'll be this a game of go- two. This podcast will be a game of two halves. This will be a a fun episode. That would be a great title, a game of two halves. But um, anyways, uh, we are joined by our seasonal contestants. Since Hugh Dennis, Laliana Fope, Joe Lysett, Mel Gedroich, and Noel Fielding. This is the second to last episode of the series. Yeah. And uh, the first ever and- episode seven in Taskmaster history. Yes, they the series the seasons do get a little bit longer as time goes on, which I would it's- just like to note that we have spent like since October in just season four. Yeah, so, well, uh, it's an eight-episode series, and we release these episodes once weekly, Week- with the exception yep. of last week. With the, with the exception of when we don't. Yeah. We, we, did, just we, did one- re- we did release them two episodes in one week at one point, I think, when... That was we- your decision. 
Not that mine. was my that was my that was my decision, and I'm happy we did that it was, because we released two. the series two first episode on the five year anniversary of the original we, episode. We did, and then anyway, yeah, um, press the episode. Well, first we have to get to um, some banter, which also brings up the title of this episode and the running gag in both the actual episode and this podcast, probably, which is that. Alex, is that Greg, after saying it is the penultimate episode of season four, asks Alex if he has a new job it lined up. Alex said that he assumed that this was going to be a permanent position. Greg said no. no. Gre- Alex then responds that he could possibly become a tour guide and produces a name tag that has stars on it. This Obviously, this has to be some kind of pre-planned bit. I don't think they expected it to have the legs it did, but there is a name tag with Alex's name on it, and it has two little stick-on stars on it. And and Greg looks at it and then immediately make immediately takes them off because he doesn't want Alex to get too big for him to, to think that he's actually worth something. Uh, mm-hmm. This will be a running joke throughout the episode. Alex will do something. He will produce a book of little stick-on stars, which makes me think that there's a actually a bit of planning in this bit. And then uh, Greg will immediately take it away from him because, yeah. So that is a running gag throughout the entire episode. There are actually a couple running things throughout the episode, like the uh, the commercial break idents are all actually linked together and also linked with episodes of Taskmaster that we've seen and haven't seen yet. Well, and in this um, episode. I'll talk... Yeah, the commercial break ident. I'll I was going to talk about th- them while they were in the- I thought that was the one where I thought I thought I was going to rolling toilet paper across the floor for this one. He he was, but he was all he was. That was linked to um last a couple when- episodes ago when they had to make the art out of toilet paper. Yeah. And I then also that- when when they come back, because he makes the because the the episode's broken into four parts, and yeah. so when he so he makes the toilet paper roll up when it's to make the numbers like two, three, and four for each after commercial break. But when the show comes back, it's actually Alex lying on the floor doing the having like a little stop motion video of a duck go of a rubber duck like going along through his head and then continuing on, which is exactly what. Bob Mortimer will do next season with a banana when asked to make a stop motion video. I mean, I think that was indirect foreshadowing. I thought you said that they were referencing. Um, they, they were referencing us. that because the the toilet ma- the toilet paper task was I from this you, season, and no, then I, th- I thought you were referring to what they do for Champion of Champions. Oh no, no, I we haven't got we haven't gotten to that yet. No, this well, is just because uh, I was. Do you watching- want me to tell you what they do in the commercial indents for Champion of Champions, or do you want to keep to surprise? I I kind of want to find out myself. All right, then I won't tell you. If you've if you listening at home have seen Champ, or I mean, you, I say at home, you could be walking to work or going to just uh, post a letter in the post box. Um, or if you um, were driving your car and then Emerson's loud noises made you crash, you could be sitting on the side of the road right now. I apologize. Yeah. And this was the last thing you listened to before your car went up in flames. Anyway, but, uh, um, yeah, so uh, the prize task 
is the best it, chair. Which, if you're going to talk about the uh, the hide and seek task, I take. Do I take this one or do you take this one? I take this one. You take the next one, which is okay. um, hopping. I should just want to say, do you remember when um they had to do the best battery operated prize task? Yes, and none I'm of them. There were no, I'm surprised there were no groans like that. For this honestly, one. that one, that one doesn't. That one's not as obvious of a joke because I know the the joke you're making there. That yeah. the battery operated one is not is a, is an obvious obvious joke. Well, the chair one has enough has so much like clean meaning to it that no one's going that that any that it's not immediately obvious that that there's a dirty side to that joke that's and true. so any anyone who did that like i could see maybe joe lyset doing that except that he would then immediately like realize that he's the only person to have thought of that and, and everyone that would, and everyone would call him out that on that L let me try to greg i have built in uh my face as the best chair Oh. That was my Joe Lysa impression. How I know, that? no, I know, and I'm just trying, and that would just, that would just be, like, I did my, I did an impression of James A. Caster a few days ago. Do you want me to try and replicate it? Uh, if you want to. Hello, I am James A. Caster, and I am thoroughly displeased with what I am seeing. My eyes are circles. It it's better when you see the face <laughs> that's perfect that's perfect i hope we someday have james acaster on this show so i can torture you by making him listen to that oh um as much as we hate to mention that podcast i sent a question in i, I remember telling you this I, in the very first episode i said oh, the first the yeah they, they, they sent did in that question and james i i are in the episode where uh Ed Gamble talks with James A. Caster. Uh, my question, uh, can we get a full rendition of Pants on a Stick, was asked. Oh, yeah. Anyway, Actually, um, sorry. And okay, make your point. Oh, no, actually, I've totally forgotten in the last two seconds. Okay, great. I'll, I'll, I'll bring it up later. Best chair, best chair. We're 15, 14 and a half minutes in. Let's go. Uh, so what Joe has done is he has sculpted a chair of Greg's head, not full-sized, but will model it into a real life-size chair if he wins um but he will only he will only do it if he wins uh and because he's got a lot on if he doesn't if it doesn't come second or third um yeah any thoughts on this i thought it was a little low effort if i'm being entirely honest doesn't even look like greg um it's it's a very bad model and also it's like it it looks just so distressing <laughs> It's so distressing looking. Oh, you haven't seen the stuff Bob Mortimer pulls out of his um I have actually, but I Bob makes it charming. Joe does not. Uh Lolly brings in a nine foot by six foot beanbag that's bright orange. And I feel like if because obviously I'm we're both quite tall. Um if someone quite short, so like someone below five foot sat on that, they would get lost in it. 
like bean bags, but my problem, like, actually, no, I take the back. I like big things to sit on. I don't like bean bags that much because they're very uneven. Like, I actually have a, a a California King mattress, which is like a seven foot by seven foot square. That's great. I wouldn't mind a nine by six like bed, but it's just that a bean bag is not the right consistency. Hmm. I wonder how I, many I, like, pe- I wonder how many other people are going to take you saying you like to sit on big things out of context. Yeah, I was thinking of that as I said it, but I don't care. If you if you do actually want to give me your dirty joke on that, please email us at ytsnpod at gmail.com or leave a comment on YouTube or um, can you leave a podcast on Spotify? Like can you leave a comment on Spotify? No. Eh, uh, Mel uh, has brought in uh, a chair from her doll's house that Philip Pennyfield sat on about yay high about maybe 10 centimeters high it's it's quite a, a cute chair. little chair and Greg says uh, that he can fit one of his testicles on it <laughs> also of note Mel still has Philip Pennyfield which I think is very interesting and you know, the crowd thinks it's a little adorable. Greg does not. Actually, at the very end of the episode, he goes on to a bit of a rant about Mel's doll collection, which we can get to at once we talk once we get to like the very end of the episode. Possibly. And that well, I'm going to bring it up. I'm letting you know now. And uh, well then, then I'll dramatically end the episode there. With what I run the Zencaster session. How are you going to end it? Uh, I'll cut it out in the edit. Mm, maybe. Anyways, uh, Hugh uh, has brought in. Um, he's brought his chair. He has brought in for quite sentimental reasons. Uh, it's his son's favorite chair, which is his own shoulders. It's so nice. I actually I was typing notes on this, and I paused it just as they put the picture into full screen, and I experienced an emotion that I'm not entirely sure how to quantify other than that it felt like really heartwarming like because the picture of Hugh is taken with a film camera that's clearly from like the 90s when Hugh was much younger and his son was a toddler and it's just like one of those really heartbreak heart achingly adorable pictures that you know someone someone takes when they Wait, see sorry, see their say? own film. It's heart achingly adorable. It's adorable, Who's okay? Hugh's son is a toddler. Oh yeah. Sorry. For the some reason I heard you say my son. And I was no, like Hugh, what? Hugh's son is a toddler. Hugh was obviously much younger. And it's it looks fucking adorable. Like it's 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 like if if you are not if you're just listening to this, pull up the episodes in like the first five minutes, watch that and look at it, and it's just you you will and experience an emotion. Which emotion I don't know, but it's one of these ones where it's like, you know, you want to just not give it points because that's that's like really bullshit. Like from an from like an objective point of view, and then you look at it, it's like, oh, so everybody else is just lost. Um, <laughs> it, it's um, really weird. It's like, it's just so nice, though. It is it's nice. Such- um, Hugh Dennis, uh, world-renowned star of No Time to Die, uh, featuring Daniel Craig, 
uh, should recreate that photo with his son, who's probably my age now. Yeah, it's it, it's just so nice. I really. I just I just typed Hugh Dennis's name into Instagram, and what comes up is uh, an account called No Context Desky. You know, he he actually does seem like a guy who really cares about his kids. Because the article I read about him being in No Time to Die said that he took his daughter to the premiere of the movie. So, like his like his mid twenties daughter. So it's like that's nice. That's nice. Yeah. But I've anyway, never found any evidence that he was anything other than a nice guy. Yeah, I mean, his Taskmaster persona is most likely just an act for laughs, but he is a smart, intelligent guy. My mum's met him, and she has a picture of her with him. Oh, that's awesome. If I can find it, um, uh, I will show you. Uh, anyway, um, Noel Fielding has brought in a chair that is uh, decked out to look like well, not look like, but has a uh, David Bowie patterns on it. Yeah, the uh, the back of the chair is Bowie with the, uh, the Ziggy Stardust lightning stripe down his face, mm-hmm. and then the seat is a bunch of like Paisley esque patterns that I think are related to various acts Bowie's done. It'll be in the Imgur file. People can people don't need to. God, just have nobody it looks at the Imgur file. I put the first two episode Imgur files up, and they got like a collective. 12 down votes and no one has interacted with them i you know nobody seems to care if if you want the imgur supplemental please email us at ytsnpod at gmail.com because otherwise i don't see the point in doing it because nobody gives a shit <sighs> all right like, the scores for the no one cares about imgur yeah we we tried and we failed. Um, anyway, the scores. Uh, Hugh, for once, does not come last or even second last. He gets five points. Noel gets four. Lolly was going to get second originally, but was knocked down uh, for insulting Greg's uh, uh, need to buy his clothes online. Uh, then it's Joe in fourth and Mel in last. Do you want to do? Do you want to do Taskmaster I- Joe, or do you agree with these? I would like to do Taskmaster Joe, although I would also like to just mention that I think that the soundbite of a uh, can we play the soundbite of like a uh, of uh, Greg Joe and Lolly in, oh no uh, Joe and Joe Lysa insulting Mel's chair and then Greg saying Mel she's going in last and Joe just going thank fuck for that which was, I just have in my notes glorified matchstick which is what I think Joe called it. Uh, it's it's a really funny back and forth. This this episode was like chock a block with funny back and forths. All right, just please don't go overboard on the sound bites. I don't have a lot of time to edit this. Oh yeah, no no, there's not a lot. All right, um, if she brings in a glorified matchstick, <laughs> and you oh, well, she's in last place. Oh, thank fuck for that. Yeah. All right, now Taskmaster Joe. To Taskmaster Joe, hit me with it. So, so I am going to give Hugh first place because how can you not? Uh, Noel gets second because I I just adore that that print that like if Hugh had brought in anything else, I would have put Nolan first. But you know, Hugh's on an entirely different fucking level here. So, 
Um, then I'm putting Lolly in third just because the beanbag's a solid choice, but better stuff. There is better stuff. Uh, Mel, I'm putting in fourth because it's at least got a little bit of sentimental attachment to it. And then Joe's is not a real chair, nor is it an aesthetically pleasing alternative. So he gets no points. Nil point. Nil point. Hmm. Because honestly, like if Hugh Hughes, I would say is one of the best tap prize things we'll get this season. Yeah. And Joe's is arguably one of the worst because that fucking chair homunculus mouth mouth terrible. It's just awful. And there's no way that you can make it look good, even if you had like a professional team of artists do it, because you cannot get around the fact that you are sitting in someone's mouth. That that is a horrifying concept. Well, technically, when I said the the best chair to bring in would be someone's face, Joe kind of did that. Yeah, he it he did. Except it was Greg's face, which is. Well, to be fair, though, the Taskmaster's always been a very narcissistic character. Yeah. No, no, I, I get it. It's just that this is just really hideous. Like, absolutely hideous. I do not like zero out of ten every choice made in the comp- in the construction of that. Even that just little clay prototype was wrong. Mm-hmm. So, uh, um, but anyway. can we talk about the next task? Yes, we can. Uh, this one is a lot of hopping around. So, uh, everyone goes hopping mad from this task. Yeah, kind of. So, uh, so, um, we, st- we start out in the side yard of the taskmaster house. Um, it is covered in bunting that is strung, like from the house to the fence to traffic cones in the yard. Uh, Alex is against the far fence line and the contestants are out on the other side by the door of the house, which has a table with the task and a plate, a tray of bread slices and milk, which they are, which the task goes, first of all, it says stand on one leg and then continue reading. Your raised foot must not touch the ground until the task is complete. Bring Alex's dinner. Every time your raised foot touches the ground, you must eat a slice of Alex's dinner. Most dinner delivered fastest wins. So, so, um, uh, things to note before Mel even read the task, she ate a piece of bread. Uh, also, Mel likes eating food as we've learned in the, task with the fish yeah. and chocolate mm-hmm. also there is a uh five second penalty per piece of bread eaten which i would like to point out that if you listen very closely to that there is a gasp that is cut off very quickly like in the edit which i believe is related to a deleted scene that's up on youtube i think on like channel 4's youtube channel where joe lysette proceeds to call this show a scam because I watched it like two days ago, and I thought it was about this task. But if you listen very carefully, it's like Mel gasps, and then it's cut off, and they continue on. So they clearly did another take of that. I but I just sort of, 
I t- God, I I can't remember, and I don't want to have to go find it. But I sorry, but I'm I'm not including a soundbite of that. I'm no, putting, no, 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 no. I'm you putting don't, my you foot down have, on that right now. You don't have to. I think it's if you want to listen to it on your own audience. I think it's Joe Lysette saying that this show is an absolute scam. There's a there's a clip of the deleted scene somewhere on YouTube because I saw it like literally last week, and I just can't remember where. But I think that's what this is. And then, um, anyways, uh, to start off with, they show Mel, Lolly, and Joe all together. Uh, they all put their feet down a lot. There is a um, lot of bread also Joe's eaten. Joe's thrift shop coat returns. Yes, Joe's Joe's big Macklemore coat does make a return. Uh, a lot you of you saying is that. Eaten. Macklemore should collaborate with McDonald's and they have a uh, a burger called the Big Macklemore. Yeah, that would actually be a really good that would actually be a really good one. Really? Or are you being that, Shut that, up. That was my phone. That Sorry. would be a that would that would be a really good joke, but I'm not sure if Macklemore would go for that. He he seemed I mean, like the kind of guy who would be much more in support of small businesses. I mean, yeah, he, the video's not called Thrift Shop for a reason. For no oh, no, reason, just, everything, just everything else I, I know about the guys implies that. Maybe I'm entirely wrong, but who knows? Um, mm-hmm. Anyways, where was I? Where was I? Yes, a lot of bread is eaten. Um, interesting thing. There's really not a lot to say about these three, because it's imagine three people holding a tray of milk and bread as they try and hop on one foot around an obstacle course. That's basically what they were yep. doing. They didn't do it very well. <clears throat> they all had to put their feet down a lot. Only thing to note is that Lolly waited until the end of the course to actually eat the bread, which meant that there's a great clip of her standing next to Alex furiously chewing white sandwich bread just trying to eat it and it's just it it is they must have bought the blandest white bread possible and it, it, she is not having a fun time nope uh, she is not uh, inter- interestingly enough so Lolly eats six slices altogether which is even more rough all at once but Interestingly enough, we don't actually know how long she took, other than that hers was the slowest time, because it seems like Alex is going to say when she, what her time was, and then he just goes off and mentions that she like started sliding her foot to, so to avoid having to take it off the ground, and then just he just didn't finish the saying how long her time was, other than that hers was the slowest. Um, after that, we get Mel, 2 minutes 25, with 5 slices, and then Joe gets a minute 41 with 4 slices. Um, then we then we go to commercial, which uh, I just really like. Um, Greg gave a generic commercial break bit where he says, this is part 1, part 2, part 3, part 4, in order just to be like funny. And then when they come back from commercial, he says, these people are, what, what does he say? He says something about them not having a uh, 
let them giving them that no no he says they're giving away their chairs so they will all be stand-ups oh yeah that that's what he said that's a really good that is a good line yeah if you have time in the edit can you put that soundbite in i mean if you don't i understand um and then back to the um the task the task hugh reads the task ops away and gets a pair of scissors from the house which he doesn't say anything else for the entirety of the task other than scissors, scissors please. please i love that line and, scissors, and so please. He, he takes a much less direct approach he immediately he immediately cuts down all the bunting then hops back then gets the bread and hops it over to alex no slices eaten and a minute 48 to do all of that this is the 12th time so far in taskmaster that hugh has used a blade according to alex (laughs) finally we get the uh goth crow who is apparently part flamingo because how many birds is no fielding all of them he certainly he certainly wears enough feathers so noel is uh flamingo at the top um Flamingo uh, at the bottom. Actually, flamingo probably. at the bottom, sorry. Crow at the top. Um, his arms are... Well, he's wearing a yellow pointless suit, so maybe he's a mixture of a canary and a raven? I don't know. But anyways... Um, well, it's like, Noel, he, he, could, he could be Big Bird on Sesame Street. He could. He could. He could. Noel um, acrobats his way through the bunting. Uh... He manages to just go around or over or under everything without putting his foot down once. Does it in high-heeled boots. 46.1 seconds and one slice consumed. Which leaves us at the end of the episode with Noel. Noel getting the most points, then Hugh, then Joe, then Mel, then Lolly. And, uh, and leaving Hugh and Noel tied with nine points for the score at toll okay um do you want to you can't really do taskmaster joe for this can you no Mm. uh actually i just want to look at these there aren't a lot of uh subjective tasks in this episode they're all there there are there are a couple uh it's really this one 50 50 percent of them are objective the the only subjective ones are the prize task, the handshake task, and to an extent, the, the live, live task. task. Yeah. And you can tell because I was watching the uh, the episode late at night and I was exhausted by the time we got to the uh, the task four and the live task. So I was like, oh, fuck, I don't know what I want to score yeah. these with. The the the, the episodes that have like four or five pre recorded tasks I tend to be hate quite slow. Those. They're so dense. They're so dense with And they make our they make our episodes longer too. And you and like then, to talk forever. No offense. I do. Like actually I do want to talk about something during this task, and I actually had to stomp down the urge to go on a tangent in the last one. Because you mentioned Big Bird, and I remembered a factoid about Big Bird that has nothing to do with this show, so I I shouldn't bring it up. (laughs) Can you tell uh, me how to get 
how oh, to that's get abs- to Sesame Street. Oh, no. It's actually like the darkest fucking Sesame Street fact ever. I don't want to Beca- know. No, Sorry. no, no, no. It's 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 not, not, not out like- of disinterest, but just because not because not to shut you down, but just because like I don't. Yeah, I don't like too much dark stuff about kids shows. Oh, it's it's not like actually dark. This never happened, but it could have happened. It's like a creepy pasta kind of thing. No, 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 no. This okay. Very quickly, it in nineteen eighty six they wanted to put a civilian in space on the space shuttle. Space shuttle Challenger was chosen. Challenger blew up on national television. It was a teacher in the United States. Big thing. Except before they picked the teacher, they'd gone to Sesame Workshop, asked if they wanted to put Big Bird in space, and the only reason they couldn't is they couldn't get the costume through the door. We almost had Big Bird blow up on national television in front of every child in America. That is, that almost happened, and they would have brought Carol Spinney, who puppeteered the costume, with it. So we would have lost Big Bird altogether if they'd gotten through the door. Will I be going where Mr. Hooper is? Holy shit! And you thought no stars for naughty boys would be the funniest thing I'd say. Oh my god. <laughs> I can't wait oh to hear how long god. you <laughs> was it was it because it was a good impression or because of what I said or both? It's what you said. I, I didn't even register the impression. <laughs> <laughs> Was that darker than what you said? That was much darker than what I said. That was amazing. Well, oh my god! Amazing in what way? Like amazing that I thought of it. Amazing that I. Yes to all of that. Holy shit! That was great. <laughs> I almost want that to be the title of the episode, and just to let. What that is the title I... of the episode. Hi, Mr. Hooper. That's the episode title. (laughs) God. Oh, my God. (laughs) Is that that the hardest you've Uh, ever laughed? Is that the hardest I've ever laughed? I think we've come close, though, to the biggest laugh we've had on this show. (laughs) I think I broke you harder in the ball gags episode, but not by much. Oh, my God. That was great. Uh, <laughs> okay, we better get moving on. Um, uh, oh, wow. 
Um, oh, anyway, VT shit. Task 2, hide from Alex in a game of hide and seek. Now, yep. um, I have to say, I'm, I was, I'd seen this task, like, cause there's like a standalone YouTube video of the, just this task is yeah. tend to do. And I, I've, rem- I've watched that several times a lot. Cause this is probably my favorite, one of my favorite tasks of the series. I thought that it appeared a lot earlier in the series, like sometime before, sometime before episode four, but I'm actually quite surprised to learn it's in this one because this is the premise of quite an early task. If you think about it, what's the, uh, the early task, which one? No, this, this, I don't know, just a oh. simple hide from, hide from Alex oh. is such a simple oh. concept for a task. Well, I think, I think the, uh, the, the thing in this one is it's hide from Alex. He has already started counting because Alex has already started counting from 100. Although I would like to say one thing about this, which is that when we first started doing this, I mentioned that there was a task that I basically had an idea for from the instant I saw it. And you you didn't remember which episode it was, and I didn't know which one it was. It is this task, because hi, what Alec what in the banter when Greg and Alex are talking about this, Greg says something along the lines of, you know, I I make Alex hide and then I go on vacation, and if I were doing this task on Taskmaster, what I would have done is I would have run. I would have taken the GoPro because every contestant has a GoPro. I would have run out the out the gate of the Taskmaster house, down the street, and either lost myself in the suburban sprawl or hopped on the bus because there's a bus stop down the street from the Taskmaster house, according to Google. And I would have tried to get as far into central London as I could without to see just to just make Alex within, have to chase me. The, you can no, go after Alex, the timer was up. Well, yeah, because Alex would have to look for me. And if I'm on, like, a bus into, like, if I'm on, like, the train if you're going to, to Hammersmith. Piccadilly yeah. Circus. Piccadilly, or to Buckingham Palace, even. Yeah, I think the end goal of this would have to be a selfie of me standing in the Eurostar terminal in Paris and saying, like, come find me. Oh, no, what you, I want to say this quickly before I talk about the stars. What you should do is you should do that. Uh, but take a picture of yourself and edit it so you're in the most bizarre location. Sort oh, no, of like what j- Lolly did, but better. Like, yeah. Edit it so like you're on like the moon and there's dinosaurs. I yeah no, but the whole jo- I my whole plan would be that I would just basically run from Alex and just he'd have to like like the show <laughs> would basically end with like you know shot of the Eiffel Tower, you know me sitting on the. In front of the Eiffel Tower and Alex coming down the corner. It's like, I found you. And the timer is like such a big number that it doesn't fit on the screen anymore. That would be the the end of that task. Fair enough. All right. So, yeah, like you, like Joe said, everyone has a GoPro. Uh, they, Alex has already started counting to 100 in the caravan. They've got a hide from him. Uh, up first is Hugh and Joe. Um, now... Um, I'll tell you, you'll find out why in a second, but I think that Hugh and Joe's tasks should have been played directly alongside each other. Like in split That screen. actually, yeah, yeah, that would have gone really well. I know some people have uh, commented that uh, before. This isn't an, an idea that's an exclusive to me, but I think that uh, the reason being, um, 
So what Hugh does is he just sort of wanders around the house. He doesn't really stay anywhere too long. And uh, he comes into the living room area after mistaking um, one of the cameraman following Alex for Alex himself because his tactic was to just uh, go where he couldn't. Where Alex wasn't. To go where Alex wasn't. And uh, but then uh, he runs into Alex in the uh, in the living room, and the interaction between them is funny as hell because the the cameras the GoPro his GoPro is like down below, so you can just see his the bottom of his chin, and it's like and you can just see like ah. It reminds me of like when you when you leave class and to go to the toilet, and you see your friend from another class also going to the toilet. Just that sort of like, ah, interaction. Yeah. Also, interesting thing about Hugh's task is that as he meanders around the house, you see bits of it that we haven't seen yet before. Like, the lab is actually marked as the lab on the door, because on the outside of the door, and then outside of it, they've got all the hard-sided Pelican cases for the camera crew's gear, because they rent this this place when it's for like to film. So... It's very interesting seeing a little bit of behind-the-scenes stuff. And if you're really good with, with like mapping and stuff, you could probably get a bit of an internal layout. I know someone in the comments of this episode on YouTube was like, it never occurred to me that the uh, Taskmaster house was only one story. They apparently thought that the... Uh, that some I knew of the rooms it was were one story. Water. Well, no, someone didn't know that it was, one, it was only one story because apparently they thought it was like it had a second mm. floor. Um, if you've seen any of Taskmaster New Zealand, you'll see that the vicinity to record Task is huge. Yeah, they yeah. have a really. They, they have, have a, a really big. They have big... a multi-story house. The, the house has got yeah. like two stories, and a whole field or something to sort yeah. of do stuff in. And and in fairness to the notoriously terrible Taskmaster USA, but they actually did have a fairly sizable like LA mansion that they rented for the filming purposes at that it had like a pool and everything it wasn't it was a nice place it was just the show was god awful that's true it's like um when people say you can polish a turd but it's still a turd Mm -hmm. Uh, anyway uh greg uses my favorite uh insult at least from this series uh on hugh uh he says actually you are as stealthy as a cow that's, that's my fa- that's my personal favorite Greg Davies insult. It's it's definitely why. a good one. It's definitely a um, good one. He was paired up with uh, Joe for the task viewings. So what Joe does is he hides in a head, like in the hedge. Uh, yeah, he hides opposite, in like a the hedge opposite the shed. Uh, and it's actually a really good hiding spot, which makes what he does when he gets caught really curious because he hides there and then just he runs like run. he runs as he runs like he's he runs like he's being chased by the police basically and Al- alex, alex, sees alex like him. sees him and he points but he what i love is like joe's only about 10 15 feet away from him as when he starts running but alex is pointing as though he's seen joe from like the other end of a football pitch. It it's like the um, the uh, God did. It's like from uh, the invasion of the body snatchers, where they like point and and like make the noise, where they uh, what what Alex is doing. 
and he just sort of chases him around. I'm not entirely sure what you're referring to. Um, it, it, it's uh, it's an old horror movie. Uh, yeah. People are getting replaced by aliens. The aliens like I have heard of call, the film. The aliens will like point and make a really high pitched noise whenever they see mm. someone who isn't them. Anyway, uh, the reason I thought think Joe and Hugh's video should have been shown in split screen is because they both took the same amount of time, one minute nine seconds. Yeah, it was not a uh, was not a long a long, long effort. Task. But if you thought that was short, then you should see what Noel Fielding does. Noel, uh, so what Noel does is he sneaks out to the caravan. He lo- I think he's trying to go for like the stealthy tiger look which is what Greg suggests. But really, he looks like he's injured his leg and he's hobbling along. Uh, but he just hides behind the caravan, and Alex's first instinct is to go back there. He's like, oh, Yeah, this you. is actually, like, as much as I, as much as you want to shit on Noel for this, because he's wearing bright yellow and is just out in the open, it really is that Alex, Alex, like, he must have, like, Regamed a route for this because every time he goes out of the caravan, goes around it in an anti-clockwise fashion, and goes and goes around to the back first thing. We've, so, we've broken new ground now that we're mentioning the direction Alex walks around the caravan. Well, no, because it's important because the only reason he found Noel is because he went behind the caravan first. Like noel actually didn't make any noise he didn't do anything he and it it seemed like it would be That's a good true. idea because if out because you would assume that alex would probably go straight out of the caravan and then start looking around like the house but instead he just around the caravan and then makes a loop yeah he does do that uh anyway but he finds noel in 16 seconds and noel is uh smashed into last place yeah uh, but Greg wants but to see also Alex. Inter- also, just one more thing: um, the camera crew follows Noel through the house, which I thought was very interesting because the crew didn't follow Hugh or Joe; they only had GoPros. And I'm kind of interested why, because like the whole inclusion of the camera crew kind of is like imagine if it, if like Alex had just seen Noel because of the camera crew, like. Like they definitely screwed over Hugh. I'm I'm interested to I'm just sort of curious why they did that, but not for the other ones. Or if like the camera crew like was sworn to secrecy or something. Does does that make sense? Sort of. Um But anyway, uh what's more important is Greg's desire to see Alex hunting women. Yes, yes no, I'm not joking. He actually does say I that. I know, I know, I know, I know. It that was the exact same noise I made when he made it when he said it. Uh, now I want to breeze through this quick because we're nearly at the 50 minute mark, and we still have three tasks to go. Um, the oh yeah, he also calls Nolan a yellow ninja, the only yellow ninja. Because <laughs> and he also said the tigers don't wear a fucking yellow boiler suit. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, Mel uh, hides in the cupboard, and what Alex does is he, un- without knowing that Mel is in there, like sticks his hand in and feels around, and he touches Mel's boobs by accident. And Mel is so nonchalant about this. And Alex, meanwhile, is embarrassed for three days. Yeah, because so when they're in the studio, uh, Greg like holds Alex's hand and asks, 
did you accidentally feel Mel's boobs? And Mel just casually turns to the audience and goes, yes, yes, he did. And, uh, um, he felt he found her after two and a half minutes and felt embarrassed for three days. Poor Alex. Mm-hmm. Um, Lolly, meanwhile, hides in some like little nook in the bathroom. Is it behind a board or something? I could never really. I, I guess they must have had because again they're doing this for filming. They must have either moved something or put something on top, and so like they and there was a white board in the shower cubicle that lolly just sort of hides behind that's yeah i could i think that's what happens but the point it's is, definitely in the shower yeah it's definitely it's definitely in the vicinity the point is alex cannot find her um For love or money. yeah he takes 23 minutes to find her and in that time uh she calls uh alex should be noticed that alex noted that alex's ring, ringtone is the taskmaster theme tune uh, as is appropriate, I yeah. think. Um, and she says that she's in a crowded place with lots of people, and Alex asks to put someone else on. And Lolly does a Scottish accent and sends a picture of her wearing a different outfit at the beach. And then also, apparently, a uh, photograph of her as a baby, which Greg jokes made her, hi- she was trying to hide in time. I didn't know he. I didn't. I didn't catch the bit about being sent to baby. Was it the same picture that she'd shown for the prize task? I, a few episodes. It's ago? not shown on screen. Greg mentioned. Could it have it's been? mentioned. It's. It maybe. It's mentioned afterwards. Like you should uh, just put up the sound bite here. I sent a photo of me on the beach, and I think maybe if one is me as a baby. Mm, as yeah, well. that was confusing. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna baffle him, isn't it? <laughs> you hidden yourself in time. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, 23 minutes it takes Alex to find Lolly means she wins. Uh, Mel, she wins by a country mile. Mel gets uh, second, although it feels like it's slightly hollow second place because she was just much, much slower than quicker, quicker to find than Lolly. Uh, then it's Hugh and Joe and the yellow ninja bringing up the rear. Hugh and Joe notably get joined third. And then Noel gets well. Fifth. Well, they should. Well, yeah, that's no, what no, you no, do. Greg. That's what you do when you have. Well, I would have I know thought he Ta- would have given him a joint fourth. Well, but he didn't. The thing is, uh, no, Taskmaster scoring is a little bit weird, but normally what you're supposed to. We've been through this before. If there's a tie, you eliminate the top two places. So if you're in a, mm. if you're if you if you're in a race and two if there's a race. Uh, and two people come joint first, there's no second place. It just goes to third because okay. two people finish before you. But yeah, okay. that, that's how the scoring is supposed to work. Anyway, uh, it's your turn to do the final team task of the series. Yes. This one is really good and also features a lot of foreign languages. Which uh, so this is again in the side garden of the uh, the taskmaster house. Uh, there's an obstacle course set up with uh, different tasks. The uh, but the uh, the main task is as follows: get this wheelie bin across the finish line. One of you must be in the wheelie bin at all times. One of you must be blindfolded at all times. The wheelie bin rider must direct the wheelie bin drivers to complete the course in the five challenges within it also no one can speak english this is a 
I assume it's worded a little bit differently when it's presented to uh, the youth because <laughs> the youth because and I null, think you mean the youth and null because they definitely because Mel and Hugh read out the bit about one of you must be blindfolded. Uh, Joe and Null, who are the wheelie bin pushers, are both blindfolded. Yeah. But, but um, as so, the five tasks are reverse through here. Wait eleven seconds. Get the driver to pop this balloon. High five each other once with each hand. And finally, remove the swimming noodle. Then cross the line to complete the course. So uh, we start with uh, the old married couple, who are apparently both almost almost or entirely fluent in French, which is very which is very interesting. But Mel and Hugh, or Mel and Oog, reminded me of Tuckermeister in a way. Yep, Mel and Oog, which is apparent. Also, a lot a lot of British people. have a tendency to know French because it's one of the primary like right le- next door. Yeah. Like how yeah, Spanish we- is a very common, is quite commonly taught in uh, yeah. the States because of Mexico. Yeah. You'd, you'd think we'd learn French, but the Canadians don't even like the parts of Canada that speak French. So we, uh, like Mon, Mon- so I don't, Quebec feels like an entirely, it's own like separate little bubble from the rest of Canada. We could spend six hours talking about how Quebec actively promotes the French language and actively discriminates against English speakers, but I don't want to because that would involve six time. hours of that would involve six hours of thinking about Quebec. But uh, but no, yeah, Spanish is a lot more commonly spoken. But uh, one other thing is that Mel calls Hugh Oog. Because uh, the way that French works, there's there's actually a a Tumblr post that circulates around the internet of someone who mentioned that it's like all if you're speaking in French, all of the letters in Hugh are silent. So <laughs> so there's it's a really I think the uh, there's a couple of different ways of pronouncing it because Mel is clearly just making the first H silent. Uh, Greg and Alex say that. Hugh is pronounced Hugh in French, presumably because they're defaulting to the English, the English pronunciation, just because the yep. French are like, we're not dealing with this. Hugh, I don't know whether or not that is the correct way, but Hugh was, was very confused at first about who the hell Oog was. So perhaps... Well, I mean, he grappled, no matter what he grappled it, the concert quite quickly. Yes, but no matter no matter who, no matter who was the, the actual way it's pronounced, Mel was doing it wrong a little bit. But, uh, they're extremely fluent in French. They go through all the tasks with minimal difficulty, uh, except with the balloon, which was more because uh, they tend that Mel had to like shove it into Hugh's hands, and Alex just looks so happy when they're going through when this Ale- because when Alex hide- hides behind the clipboard, does a little yeah. laugh behind the clipboard. You know, he's just on a little power high. No, it's not even that. He's just laughing because Mel's like. She's like making the noise of a balloon popping. Can we just drop in just that little sound bite right here of like Mel trying to tell Hugh that you have to pop the balloon? Uh, okay. Tu dois faire le pouf. Bouf. Tu dois faire le bouf pouf. Yes. À la ballon, oui. Il faut burster le ballon. Oui. 
Yeah, and Alex, Alex just loves that. Um, but uh, then, but that is the uh, the other one. That is the other one. Um, then we get to the children in Null, who uh, they speak German except when they don't, which uh, does make me wonder whether or not they like all agreed on a language because i i want i wonder if i wonder what would have happened if they'd gotten a group who like two people spoke one language and two people spoke another so you'd have to translate across but i remember uh, i want to make this very quick a phineas and ferb joke whereas um perry the platypus has to control a robot of some sort but he has the instructions are in like one language and but they only have a dictionary that's like that language to another language and then in a language from the second language to english yeah yeah oh that joke is really common there's a there's one from an episode of the west wing where they have to like translate across three languages to try and speak to a foreign diplomat and then at the end of it the diplomat who has been like who's you know is he's supposed to be not a a nice guy but it's uh, he just admits that he's speaking English and he just basically calls them all assholes and leaves. Like he speaks English the whole time. But uh but yeah, um they all speak German. They're all speaking in German, except when they're not, because Joe really does not speak German that well, apparently. Uh well then again, neither does anybody else, because most of the words appear to be ja, halt, and Ja, halt und schnell. Licht, schnell, licht, I think was one of them, which might be left. And, and I should know because yes. I have German heritage. I don't speak I the mean, language, I but I don't. Mm. <laughs> I t- I took German for a semester in college. I don't remember any of it, but uh, yeah, it um, it goes fairly well. It actually goes fairly well indeed. Um, other things to note is that. Noel was not very helpful at all. Joe, at one point during the balloon pop thinks balloon pop task thinks there's a bridge involved in this because I guess he misunderstood what she was saying, uh, speaking English all the time. And then, fun thing to note the uh, the the end of the chorus is marked out by two traffic cones, and they push across it so quickly that one of the cones gets caught under the wheelie bin and just shatters oof like if you watch it because it's a little it's like a tiny little cone like six inches tall and they just run over and you can just see it like snap in half oof. under the thing uh so the uh the children and the half pissed skeleton which <laughs> is what uh which is what Greg calls them because Noel is because he calls Noel a half pissed skeleton. That uh, was like instead of Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince, they had Harry Potter and the Half Pissed Skeleton, written by J.K. Simmons. <laughs> just, just kidding, Simmons. <laughs> well, I go where Mister Hooper is. Oh my God! We're. I was wondering how we were going to make that joke come into this. 
it's not funny. This it's not as funny. The it's time. it's not as we'd have to build up to it, but yeah. But um, interestingly, um, Harry, Hermione, and the half pissed skeleton manage it in three in six minutes three seconds, as opposed to Mel and Oog's uh, six minutes thirty nine, which is a uh, which is very interesting. Although I will say that it did seem like Mel and Oog had a much better time than the youth and Noel did. True. So, uh, but Greg cannot not award anyone any points he feels. So he gives three points to the young and two points to the old. So that is, I don't even know what the scores are at this point, but Hugh is still in the lead, I believe. Uh, I can just check real quick. Uh, Hugh is still in the lead by a single point. Yep. And then uh, uh, I'll take this on one. To task four in the lab. Yeah, I want to make this one quite uh, quick because I want to wrap up uh, within the next 10, 15 minutes. Um, this one's a pain to do. But I do like the, I do like the bit before this task. Uh, unveil a new handshake. And this is the first appearance of Bernard the Mannequin. Yes, I said first appearance. He, he appears a few more times. I know he appears in series 10. Um... Can I ask a question? Um, my, I, I'm having play, like I can hear myself talking, but I don't know if it's the playback from Zencaster or me in your headphones. I have playback disabled on mine. I have no idea. I have my noise canceling software turned on. If there is, I don't know. I certainly don't hear me through you. I mean, but, I've, um, got, I've got headphones on too. Uh, how long is that? To my, yeah. yeah, I've I've got enough time. Uh, anyway, uh, first appearance of Bernard the Mannequin. Uh, Noel says the slippers are weird, but takes it back when he finds out they're Alex's. And um, Mel accidentally kills Bernard about three times. I also like how everyone was really creeped out by Bernard, except Hugh, who was perfectly fine until he asked Alex, is he based on you? And then Alex goes, I'm based on him. And Hugh just sort of like... It's like that blink you get from someone who's nuts, but they realize that you're crazier. It's like, okay, we're going to keep going and not mention this. To be fair, though, that's a funny line. That's a good way to subvert oh, it. It is a great line, but Hugh's quiet serial killer-esque mien is not okay with that. No, he's not. Um, anyway, so yeah, Mel Light rips Bernard's hand off. Uh, she pushes him down and his head falls off as well. It's quite graphic, actually. Yeah. Uh, um, Molly is, like, immediately set and locked and knows what she wants to do. Um, okay, so Mel's up first. I didn't write down exactly the actions because we'd be here forever and I would be taking notes for way too long. Oh, yeah, no. my no It was very my bizarre. Notes are, my notes are, how the fuck do I describe this on an audio podcast? End of note. <laughs> it was very bizarre. Uh, and... I joke, this is literally what I wrote. This is the notes I wrote down for it. And I quote, I CBA to describe the entire thing, soz. I, that is a sentence I wrote in my notes. Soz? Soz, it, it's short for sorry. Oh, yeah. This it's, a, is it's, a, a, it's a British thing, I think. Yeah, well, like actually, if you just want me to run through all of my notes on these... Mel's is, how the fuck do I describe this on an audio podcast? Hughes is, okay, look, there are twirls and cheek cupping, and I can't describe this. Noel's, and then 
I'll do the other ones when we get to them, just because I this was like much more stream of consciousness than usual. Mm. Uh, Hugh and Alex just twirl and slap each other. Uh, uh, Hugh and Dennis like to put Alex in. Uh, Hugh Dennis likes to put Alex's life at, life at risk when they have to do um, choreography. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if we think back to the musical, uh, yeah, the, the ringtone. I, there were a lot of parallels between this and the ringtone task. Yeah, I wrote that uh, for my notes for Mel, uh, but probably takes Mel back to '96 again and gets a hug from Alex. Uh, Mel yeah. didn't outright say that uh, it was 96-esque, but I thought that that was what was going through her head. Um, Lolly uh, unveils a new handshake. Hand I, I combine the words new and youth uh, in that first sentence, but Lolly unveils a new handshake that is very much a symbol of the youth. So she take, shakes hands, gives Alex a 20-pound nose, uh, some chewing gum, uh, and paracetamol and codeine. Yeah, which is... Uh tylenol with codeine in the united states i believe do you not have paracetamol in the or is it known by tylenol is the brand is the brand name of paracetamol in the united states oh okay yeah in in this country which tend to call medicines by the like name the the purpose that they serve. oh 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 yeah no it's Oh no! Well, there's so many different brand names, and they and they. Well, actually, no. Tylenol is mostly acetaminophen, but I think the stronger version is paracetamol. I am the son of a doctor. I should know this. Yeah, paracetamol <laughs> is known as acetaminophen in the United States. It's a different name. Okay. But uh, um, yeah, and then they also they mix stuff here like um excedrin is a popular uh like migraine brand that is aspirin acetaminophen and another NSAID pain reliever so it with caffeine so it's like all the drugs (laughs) all the drugs but codeine specifically is i think i think that's a um you have to have a prescription for that in the united states fair i mean your healthcare like, your healthcare isn't cheap well no 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 specifically because it's codeine codeine is i think like a uh, schedule 3 like it's a controlled substance okay i'm not i'm not entirely sure of what codeine was but it's a much stronger painkiller it's like in a mm. uh, in canada it's known as tylenol 3 Right, that, wow. So it's a much stronger uh <laughs> it's a much stronger one. Yeah, Tylenol codeine is a prescription opioid medicine. Hmm. So it's a you do need a prescription for that in the United States. Looks like we're on track to finish at normal time again. Uh anyway, hey, um, I was worried about that. I I was hoping we would take longer. I don't like short episodes. <laughs> Uh, what well, Noel, Noel does a very interesting thing with his handshake. He oh, it's outside. He comes out of the cabin. Alex is blindfolded. He has a. I like. I I like to imagine that uh, what Noel has done here is that he's ripped both of Bernard's hands off. He's put the gardening glove on one and taped a rod to it, which is what Alex is holding, and then he stuck the other one in his groin area. Yeah, my 
my entire notes on this are as follows. Oh, there's so much going on here. Alex is in a wheelbarrow, a pole with a glove on the end. This is vaguely erotic. There is a hand in Noel's junk. It is not his hand. Oh, Furthermore, we- a note. This episode on YouTube aired on March 10th, 2020, which is Mario like three Day. days before. It's also like three days before the first COVID lockdowns started. And I was thinking about that. This is a very socially distanced handshake. I mean, which it, it, I, that's. It, it obviously didn't air for the first time on that. No, no, no. I, no, I just, I think it's very interesting that, like, you know, the most socially distanced task we've seen in a, like, task response we've seen in a while aired three days before COVID. Well, on YouTube, that is. In the yeah, story. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But actually, I think that was just when it was uploaded altogether. I mean, I, I never saw it that way, but um, my notes uh, poor Alex and poor Bernard. That's what my notes say. Um, Joe and Alex, however, they just gently finger each finger each other's palms for three minutes. Yeah, Alex making is Alex as uncomfortable very as possible. disturbed. Alex is disturbed by the end of it, and then uh, Joe leaves, and he takes Bernard with him. I mean, to be fair, I don't. I don't know. Actually, it's just like he he can do what he wants. He's a grown man. It was a uh, very it, Joe's was a very weird one. Um, do we want to do scores? Yeah, um, we can, uh, Joe gets five. Noel four. Hugh, Lolly, and Mel all get three points each. Do you want to do Taskmaster Joe for this one? Yeah, yeah, I, I just I don't like any of these as like a handshake. Should like, we, should we skip Taskmaster Joe or just move on? Play the theme very quickly in a distort very quickly because I'll just. All right, I'll they, I'll do I'll, I'll do my best. They all get third place. Because I don't we'll like any of these. Place. Wow. I don't like any of these. I don't think that any of them are any better than the others. Joe, they're all. Knowles is objectively worse, but it's in a different way. Like that, they're all not great. I'm. I'm also very old-fashioned about handshakes. I think that you just shake someone's hand very firmly. Do not break their hand but do not give a limp handshake do it just like that and you judge them harshly if they have a limp handshake that's what you have to do i'm very old-fashioned like businessman sort of how i view handshakes so i don't i don't like new handshakes that are like you know you have to know a choreographed dance well Maybe some maybe these guys are trying to open secret clubs, and you need a handshake, just, just, secret handshake to get in. Just know, just know the fucking password, man. Just if you've got to get into a secret club, know the password. None of this handshake bullshit. <clears throat> yeah, I, pa- I just, password I, would I, be I don't, I just, I don't like, you know, these elaborate handshakes. It's, it's just me being old. <clears throat> Anyway, um, we have one task to go, and it's over to you, Joseph. Yes, the live task, which um, 
<clears throat> this might this is going to be the last soundbite I'm going to ask for. Can you play the soundbite of Alex saying what they have on the tables? I can just then... read it out. Oh, I was going to say cuz I didn't write it down because Mel because Alex actually said it and I thought it was well, I, and I was like that's I wrote so it helpful. Down. I wrote oh. it down. Uh 10 bananas each, glue, stapler, some gaffer tape and a chopping board. Yes. And actually I believe it was two different kinds of tape because they had white like white like packaging tape and then gray duct tape but um because i saw at least two different kinds of tape but anyways uh the task is make the best and biggest all-round banana out of these bananas you have 100 seconds after which the taskmaster will judge your banana uh things to note mel has entered the reading out the task pose before reading the task and then um, this is the first time that I can think of that the it is said specifically that the taskmaster will judge your whatever it is, as opposed to make the best X best at thing wins. Like you know what I'm trying to say? Vaguely. Yeah, like like normally the task will say make like, normally the task would have said make the best banana out of all of these bananas best banana wins this one specifically says you have 100 seconds after which the taskmaster will judge your banana it has never been phrased like that before as far as i can tell that's a fair observation i just i just found that very interesting i was like hang on that doesn't sound right and so uh so yeah, this is again, this is a very visual task. And even then, like I'm trying I was trying to write down what's going on and you don't see a lot of stuff, but bananas were being taped together, women are on the floor, people are making curves, Joe is taping bananas to a statue, Noel has made a long and and it's just it's it's all just it's all a bunch of ridiculousness. At the end of the one hundred seconds we get it. And here is what is made. Noel has made a gigantic S-shaped banana, which is a banana, probably. Uh, Mel has made banunting, which we might have to play the sound bite just because it works better with Mel's accent. All right. The 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 joke like because she has made bunting out of bananas and a north american accent can maybe it'll say better sound better shall i say it yes bununting yes see see that's that's what it was it's like um bununting no stars for naughty boys mm -hmm. and then will i be um, with mr Will I be with Mr. Hooper again? The problem well, is that Big Bird would have exploded so suddenly that he would have just met Mr. Hooper all of a sudden and would have not realized that he was dead for at least five minutes. M Mr. Hooper, you're here, and and Dumbledore, and and every character Sean Green <laughs> has ever played. Where's... Dumbledore coming from in this. It's like, Mr. Hooper, what are you doing on this space shuttle? Big Bird, I have some bad news for you. No, it's just joined by David Bowie, Dumbledore, and every character played by Sean Bean. <laughs> David Bowie was not dead in 1986. 
This was 1986. The Challenger blew up. You know, whatever. Uh, anyway, Jim um, Henson wasn't even dead yet. Uh, Joe made him, anyways, Joe made a banana out of gold pillars. Yes, Joe. Joe taped a banana to a giant yellow statue. Says "big banana" in a really high pitched voice, and says and volunteer and volunteers to peel it in just one specific spot. Uh, Lolly had a raw had peeled all of her bananas and stuck all the in, the mushy bananas inside a big wad of tape with the banana peels outside, thus making an actual big banana. Can we please just put Hugh's soundbite right here for what he did? Because it's just perfect. All right, but this is the last soundbite. And this then is the last one. Right, and then we're this wrapping is, it up. Yes. Yes. And then... Wait, hang on. Just a bit of silence. It's just a big fucking banana. <laughs> okay, good. You can talk now. And then the worst... And then, of course, Greg has to decide what's the... What are you going to pick for the worst banana? He's asked. Yes, Mel. I, and he says, like, do you think this is the worst banana? Yes, Mel. I do, and because he hates the banunting. 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 That's just such a good audio bite. Uh, then we've got. Um, uh, there's a three-way tie: Hugh, Joe, and Lolly. Yeah, he, uh, for, the the task- course, for this task, he puts Mel in fifth, Nolan fourth. Hugh third, Joe second, and Lolly first. I, it was twelve thirty in the morning when I watched this. I did not give a shit about bananas. I would do Taskmaster Joe. I just don't. We're not going to. We're not going to do. If you're not going to do Taskmaster Joe, I'm not even going to attempt to put this intro in. So let me let me just think about it really quick. Uh, Lolly first, Hugh second, Mel third. Out of pity, Joe, I don't give a shit about. And no, I don't give a shit about either. To avoid, don't put up with you. So that I don't have to put the soundbite in, I'm just going to sing it. Taskmaster Joe. Cool. Yeah, I'll put uh, Hugh and Noel together in second uh, place. I don't give a shit. Now I'm gonna it's do, just bananas. I, I'm going to do the tiebreaker real quick. So Hugh, Joe, and Lolly yes. all have the same number of points, 20 points. Uh, the tiebreaker is to open a jar of mayonnaise covered in Vaseline. Uh, Joe wins because he did the task without even opening to read the task first. He predicted correctly what it was and did it with zero seconds. So Joe Lysett wins all the chairs. Yes. And and then um, Greg has a rant about Mr. Penny, about the Pennyfield family and Mel's dolls, which is really funny. And then Joe and, and then at the end, Joe and Hugh go up to the stage because Hugh is technically a chair, so Joe has to sit on his lap. And then Greg and Alex make the faces of the horrible chair monster that Joe Lysette created. And that is the episode. I don't have anything else for this. Neither do I. I bet, um, I bet you it's late in England. You should go to bed. Yeah, it's nearly midnight, and I, ha- I need to brush my teeth. Okay. Okay. Um, bye, folks. Um, I've been Emerson. He's been Joe. Um, and, uh, we've got one more episode of series four. Yep. Which is going to come uh, out. Um, which is going to come out like a few days before Christmas, actually Christmas Eve, Eve. Yeah. The night before the night before Christmas. Or as some people started referring to it as Christmas, Adam, uh, we'll probably be taking a short break after that. Um, both, uh, cause it's Christmas 
and because we we've just been exhausted uh when we'll be i back, mean i don't know um yeah Okay. I don't think yep. we need to announce well, we, it. But we didn't announce. Well, uh, we did announce No Time to Fell Ducks, but that came back without any real fanfare and just everyone jumped on it. Yep. Um. Anyway. Uh. Ciao. Ciao. Goodbye.